wish you would be more offensive about paranormal. I don't like light. It's a bit naughty. I don't believe that it's all real. I love you guys. It's actually the most played podcast. Welcome to Graveyard Shift, the podcast from Shift Films. I'm Frankie Campbelletta. And I am Jeremy King. Welcome back to Graveyard Shift. I'm Frankie Campbelletta. And with me, as always, I am Jeremy David King. Jeremy David. David. David, David. David. King. That shirt is coming, by the way. <laughs> it, it says Jeremy David, 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 David. It goes all the way down the shirt and then all the way in the back and then King at the end. I love it. I don't know why people would wear it, but I'll wear it. Why not? Okay, today we are in the Star Wars world of Naboo. Naboo. <laughs> I, I saw a yellow Naboo fighter fly over. With a, there was an R2-D2 in it. So Naboo is, a, is, a, is an interesting little town, and we're, we have a guest today who owns some property in Naboo, and she owns the Cambrai House. And so I'd like to welcome Rebecca Williamson. She goes by Becca, if you're going to call her and email her. Becca Williamson, welcome to the show. Thank you. You excited? Yeah, I'm really excited. Cool. That's what I, that's what we want to hear because we got an email from you, and you said you guys should come out do an investigation and do a podcast from here. So we're actually sitting in the Cambrai House that was built in well, the land was bought in the 1850s. The house was built 1867. Yes. So antebellum, and so we're podcasting from a house that was built in 1867. Do you think, Jeremy, that in 1867 they would have thought that two fat guys with beards would be in here with microphones? They were probably already two fat guys in here with beards. They didn't have microphones. So. Yes. They said things like, I do declare. I do declare. <laughs> but we're going to get a little bit into the history first. Oh, God. That, there's a cat. There's Oh. <laughs> it's my first visitor. This, are you my, saying uh, there's you, pussy here? This, oh, Jesus. <laughs> there it is. And we hit their all-time low. There we go. <laughs> been visited by the cat. Got to put that little disclaimer for children. If you're a child and you're listening to this show, don't. <laughs> Muff it every time Jeremy talks. I know. Beep. <laughs> okay. Um, yes, there's a cat. Sorry, I got distracted because I love cats. And uh, it was unexpected, so it was even more terrifying. Well, and we also have, <laughs> not with us, you know, sitting at the table, but uh, Chris Ketters and my beautiful wife, Sarah King, are upstairs investigating while we're sitting here. While we're doing the, yes. So we're having an investigation team going through actual real ghost hunters, former paranoid task force members. So they've joined the graveyard shift paranormal team. And we'll get into our... Um, our we'll talk about that on a different podcast. On a different podcast. They have a four-parter coming. It's a nice one. <laughs> it might be a whole season. Commissioners, I mean... Tax Sunshine Law. It's going to be fun. Look it's, forward to that. We'll post it on their webpage. Anyway, today the focus is Adolf Cambray, right? And his lovely wife, Hortense Felicity. Desessois. Desessois. That's very French. It That's is very, very French. French. <laughs> it is so French. <laughs> that is so French. Like they actually had, like they spoke French, not just a bad French accent. Right. When you say it, crepes are made immediately. Mm-hmm. Just, they just come to the dinner table. 
There's one right there. There's, yep. That's there one of them thin pancakes. <laughs> That's one of them thin pancakes. So, Rebecca, we're going to have you kind of take us through the history here because you know how our show is. You're a listener, you're an avid listener, how we kind of met. Right. Um, but before we go through history, you're doing ghost hunts here. Yes. You're doing overnights here. Yes. And you want people to reach out to you if, if you're interested in coming to Cambrai. Yeah. It is a very beautiful house i mean it's 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 the original architecture if we've taken pictures we'll put it it's on the instagram with this with this episode listening to the episode make sure you check the instagram or check the instagram first go through the house the house is not overly big no it's a three-bedroom house and it's i would say for 1860 standards it's kind of big but it's a small three-bedroom house take me through a little bit of how you're doing your overnights now your overnights we're calling you right Right. Or we're emailing. Calling or emailing and setting up an appointment based on my schedule or and your schedule as well, I suppose. Basically, I give you the run of the house for for the night, for an overnight to do your own investigation. And that's when you've experienced most of the, of the stuff. Is it is it happening during the day, too? We get some during the day, too. Wow. Um, yeah, it, it can be can be really strange. Usually it's perfectly normal and then something happens. And you're like, oh, wow. Um, that just happened. <laughs> We're going to have all your information about how to arrange a ghost hunt or an overnight or Ghost Hunting 101, which is a two-hour right. session with yes. a professional ghost hunter. Yeah. We'll teach you how to use the equipment that you actually give to the guest, which right. is nice. We offer that twice a year, one October because, well, yeah. Yep. And ghost then, hunting season. Right. And then we do it on midsummer, which is the middle end of June, you know, um, at the summer solstice. And... Awesome. So, yeah. yeah, that's a two-hour guided tour. Augusta Paranormal is here, and they, you know, help you out. I give you a little history of the house, a little rundown of, you know, how to do a ghost investigation, that sort of thing. And then Augusta Paranormal takes over, and you use their equipment and conduct your own investigation of the house. And Chad Derry is one of the guys that's yes. usually here on the yeah. ground with you? Yeah, Chad Derry is the lead investigator for Augusta Paranormal. That's and, awesome. Yeah. Well done. Yeah, so that's you guys have plan. your team. That's that's the first step, really. Right. We, we like hearing that you guys have your own hometown team. Right. When other teams come in, it's nice to have familiar surroundings and also, it's almost like a defense mechanism. Like, all right, what are you what are you bringing into my house, guys? <laughs> yeah. Right. What are you Augusta Paranormal is based out of Augusta, Illinois. Right. And um, I went to high school with Chad. So that's, okay, cool. That's how I know him. <laughs> that's <laughs> awesome. Know, Super so cool. Known him for a while. So the Cambry House is a National Historic Landmark. Yes. And has that been bothersome for you? Because we've heard some horror stories about repairs and fixing. And For me, it has not been a problem, um, mainly because the house is in excellent shape. Adolph Cambry built this very solid house, excellent craftsmanship. And then my grandparents bought it in 1979 and did a lot of work here to keep it very well preserved and stuff. So I haven't had to do a lot of work. So not, That's great. not like falling apart type thing. So I don't have to really worry about that. No, it's very sturdy. And uh, he was an architect, right? He was a cabinet maker. Yes. He built several homes in the area. Yes. This is the only one that remains. Yes. There's one more in town, but that has been extensively remodeled. So okay, so he built that one for his brother in the 1850s. And yeah, that one has been extensively remodeled. It was supposedly looked like this when it was built, but I've looked at it and you can't even tell. I mean, it's just like been so added onto and stuff. It doesn't look like this at all. So, and underneath the house, we have running water, right? We have springs. Yes. So you're saying from the cistern over there? Yeah, there is a natural mineral spring that leaches out from underneath the property into the ravine. Wow. And we're on the Mississippi River. And so a lot of your activity 
actually might be coming. We talked about this in one of our very first episodes about being underwater quartz. Yep. Right. And having type right. of stuff. Yeah, there's a mineral spring running underneath the property. I sit basically right on the Mississippi River, and it's on a limestone bluff. You can literally see the Mississippi out the window. You can literally see the Mississippi out the window. I'm about 300 feet above the Mississippi, mm-hmm. but it's right there. It's on my property runs to the Mississippi River. How did this property fare during 93, the flood and stuff? It, it's The elevation is high enough that it's even Wasn't affected. not affected. So it's interesting that a guy from you know France, architect, cabinet maker, builds a home, and you can just tell the artistry that he probably knew. Right. One of the really interesting features about this house is that you can see the Mississippi River from every single room except for the dining room we're sitting in right now. Well, that's how that's the Lent mansion cool. used to be. Yeah, that's true. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. All these haunted homes along the river. Um, it's like, <laughs> well, it makes sense. Right. You know, the the water. And if you guys hear a little in the background, that is rain. Yes. We are in monsoon season. It's monsoon season, and I bought ponchos for everybody that didn't fit, which was awesome. Yay, Ponzo! We can't help it. We're big-headed. Same one size fits a few. One size fits a few. That's right. <laughs> Exactly. Okay, so you are doing these ghost tours, doing an overnight. The price for the overnight right now is one fifty. That'll probably go up with more exposure. Right. Right that now, is a paranormal bargain. It is. It really, it really is for this is. type of home because yeah. you're getting the bones. This is not something you're getting that was, everything. Right. It wasn't fabricated. It's not. Oh, this is where the site was. You're actually in the home. The windows are the same. The original paint is still on some of the walls. The milk paint, uh, which we'll go into that in another episode. What milk paint is because I'm very obsessed with the idea of milk paint i don't know what it is but i want it um <laughs> want to drink the milk paint maybe it, if it's oh, that old it probably has lead not uh, advice. i don't know, you know if i drink milk paint well, i went mad at some time you know <laughs> either the paint or the woman are going to drive you crazy this is true so you have very unique architecture within the house even though it's a three-bedroom there's a very interesting very cool guided staircase into it even the corners are kind of wrapped we've had some pictures of this we'll post them on our instagram and so to do an overnight here is quite chilling. And we'll get into it right after the history of where we're at. So once again, we're at the Cambrai House. We're in, so we're in Nauvoo, Illinois. Because what's the other, what, Nyota? Nyota. We're like halfway in between Nyota and Nauvoo. Okay. So. Awesome. Becca, take us through the history. Take us through the history of the property, what it used to be, what it was founded on. And so people give more of the idea about what Cambry House offers. Right. So the Cambry House was a working apple orchard from the 1850s until the 1940s. So the Cambry family bought the property with the apple orchard already on it, and then they built the house afterwards. So the house here was built in 1867. It was owned by the Cambry family until 1979. Wow. Um, Yeah. So So did they have a big family? They had 10 kids. Wow. Yeah, I know. I, every time I'm in here, I'm like, 10 kids. 10 kids in here? Yeah. Just mind-boggling different areas. And there was no other extension of the house that we know about? Well, they built a small house while they were building the main house. Okay. And so, uh, according to my information I have, they, 
they threw the boys out in the little house and then you know because boys are stinky and, and that was gotcha. the frat house basically <laughs> they were out there drinking and you know carousing making apple cider mead <laughs> smelled like feet and mead <laughs> right <laughs> smelled like a locker room all right so that house is gone yeah um, that that house is no more um there's i i know where it was on the property but it is no longer there so is anyone buried on the property from the family yes Eglantine. I'm hoping I'm pronouncing that right. It's a French name, obviously. Okay. So, but yeah, she is buried somewhere here on the property. She died here at the age of nine and is buried somewhere out here. Do you know what year that was? It was 1864. So it was obviously before they built the main house, but they were living in the smaller house. The smaller house. And this is one of the daughters, correct? Yes. Yes. Wow. Okay. So we'll get, we'll get more into Eglantine in a second. So let's Let's keep going with the history. I like I like what we're saying. So they had 10 siblings yeah. that yeah. lived amongst them, and they're all working the or- apple orchards. Right. But he's also doing cabinetry work and building homes and stuff like that. Cabinetry so. work, building homes, um, the working apple orchard. And then from the pictures, you can – I've got a pictures from the 30s of the house, but they had a huge garden. They had apples and raspberries and tomatoes and grapes and um, a lot of the French people that came with the Icarian group did a lot of wine let's get into the icarians because you don't right. hear uh, that was the first time i had heard about the icarians and i'm pretty right. one of those weird trivia guys so right weird unknown illinois history yeah perfect <laughs> yes does troy taylor knows oh go ahead so uh, <laughs> the icarians um so navu is known for the mormons so joseph smith came here didn't create the Mormon religion here, but he started the the Mormon town. And so after they were run out of Nauvoo, they had their big exodus, all the property that the Mormons had here was left. And so uh, the Icarians are a French communal society. And so they started in France and they were coming to America to do their commune and they were looking for property. And they started in Texas, but they were swindled out of some land down there and they were looking for a great big property to have this communal society so they bought the property from the mormons after they left and weird fact the mormons were here in nauvoo for seven years the icarians were here in nauvoo for seven years and then the mormons come back well the mormons come back in around the 1950s and stuff there was a group that remained a core group that remained in nauvoo that didn't get run out the mormons you know they come back and this is almost like the Mormon Mecca, where they make a pilgrimage back here a lot. They've taken all of Nauvoo, the downtown area, and recreated it to the 1840s. We saw that driving through. Yeah. It's it, very cool. It is really cool. Um, if you've never been, I would encourage you to go. It's all free. You do hear a lot of Mormon history. <laughs> <laughs> and then pamphlets to join. Um, yeah. <laughs> when, you say, when you say they were run out, is this because of... Uh, Catholics, because the Carians bought it. So is it, I mean, the Catholic, um, I mean, French were predominantly Catholic. I mean. Well, like the French came after. So they were, they were looking for a place to buy, you know, to have their communal society. And here is this great big group that's just left. And there's this great property that we can buy. And so, um, and so the Icarians took over okay. all the property that the Mormons left. So, so the Icarians and the Mormons didn't have any animosity no, toward each other? Or no, no. 
But somebody did, right? Somebody had yeah. problems with them. If you know your Mormon history. No, I don't. That's why I'm asking all these questions. <laughs> um, so the, the Mormons, I'm not an expert. I know some, but not a lot. Um, and I'm going to kind of tread lightly here because I know there might be some sure. Mormons that listen. They're always welcome to comment on our Facebook page. We don't block people. Right. So they're more so, than welcome. So the Mormons were started in New York, left New York, and went to Ohio, faced some opposition in Ohio due to their beliefs, and so they were run out of Ohio and went to Missouri. They were run out of Missouri rather rapidly and ended up in Quincy for a time when they were trying to figure out what to do, and they bought Nauvoo, which was a swampland, and they drained that swampland and created their perfect society. And then... They ended up facing opposition again, where there was some polygamy going on. They had their own charter here. They had their own militia here. And the surrounding townspeople viewed that as a threat. (laughs) Um, There was a lot of opposition to that. And so the surrounding townspeople formed their own militia against the Mormons and ran them out of town. That's pretty wild. Like, they had their own military. You don't think of the Mormons as being very, you know, like, confrontational, so yeah. to say. You know, I've, I have friends who are Mormons, and well, I not, work with somebody. Today. today it's very different, but... Uh, you, you know, and they, they've dropped the polygamy thing. And, correct, yeah. I mean, and... I mean, who can keep one woman happy, let alone, like, four? Well, it, it's really... It wasn't based on happiness at all. It was based on... Procreation? Know, yeah. And staying within their belief systems and stuff like that. But today, the Mormon religion is very different from the 1800s Mormons. And yeah, yes and no. I mean, it's still founded on the same principles. Um, they've dropped the polygamy, but it's still Joseph Smith and the same principles. They um, golden underwear the, in the desert? They still get a planet. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, when the Icarians were looking, you know, looking for property and the Mormons were selling all this property that they'd just been run off of. And so the Icarians come in. And so the Icarians are a communal society. You know, the French Revolution's going on and Etienne Cabet is the guy who founded Icarians. And he wrote this book about this perfect society where everybody sells all their belongings and they all work together to make this perfect group. Nobody gets paid and they all live together in apartments Sounds like the, the 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 Manson family. I was gonna say, did, <laughs> this, mean, did this move to Hayton Ashbury in nineteen sixty six? It's it's like the original hippie commune. So oh. they're all doing work. They're all eating together. They're making their you know one big meal and. I mean, so they're creating a utopian society. Exactly. And every time we've attempted this, it's failed. I wonder right? why. And because well, if one person says no, it's no longer a utopian society. Nature, you know, I mean, you don't own anything. The society owns everything, right? You know, and it's the same as the government, right? I mean, technically, right? I mean, I mean sounds, how long can you go? Like with, how long yeah. can you go without owning your own stuff? You know, but the Icarians, the Icarians actually, well, they were here in Nauvoo for seven years. Then there was a split because Etienne Cabet wanted to be president all the time, and they wanted to have different presidents. So Cabet goes to St. Louis, dies within the next month, and so that that group doesn't last very long. But um, another group went on to Cornell, Iowa, and they lasted until 1899. So, Well, and it wasn't really a large camp commune then, right? Not really large. And, of course, especially when they were here in Nauvoo, people came and people left. Now, gotcha. the Cambries, they were only with the Icarian group for a few months. 
Right. But the, that is why they came. So the Cambrys, the people that own this house, yes, eventually came for the Icarian, but they stayed. Yeah. They had they the stayed. apple orchard. They had, mm-hmm. He had a business. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He had 10 siblings. I mean, it's hard to move in and of itself. Right. What is the Indian influence, the Native American influence at this point? 1850s, they're here-ish in the area, but... Uh, the war of 1812 and stuff after that, after Black Hawk and war and that sure. sort of stuff, there's not very many left here in the area. Okay. Now, the property as it stands, we'll start getting into a little bit of all the sons the sons and the daughters, right? So there's 10 siblings. Ten. Do, do we know a little bit about any tragedies on the property, anything like that? Is anything... Well, you know, Cambry family history is interesting, and I'll give you the spooky Cambry family history because that's well, what we're here. That's <laughs> what we want to hear. We've got the right. history part down. Right. So, out of ten children, only four lived to adulthood. Now, 1860s—that's pretty normal. Until I tell you that only two died in children. There are, which is, that part is unusual. You know, most of them died in childhood due to childhood illnesses and right. stuff. Okay, so the two that died in infancy or in childhood um, are twins. So Leona died at the age of nine months, and she didn't die here on the farm. She died the farm that they owned before this one, which was south of Nauvoo. So then Eglantine, she died at the age of nine years here on the farm, and she is buried here somewhere on the property. I don't know where one of those things that's listed as being on the property in an unmarked grave. Um, My grandparents believed it might have been out behind the barn but i'm really not sure i own 30 acres out here so it's like a needle in a haystack type thing so so your grandparents never came across no no okay Hmm. so once you get past that camille cambry was swimming in the mississippi river with his nephew who was 16 and they were floating on a log and they went out into barge traffic and were sucked underneath the barge. So he drowns in the river. The, the nephew makes it out alive. Any kind of salacious thing or sinister thing there between the two? Or No, I don't think no. so. Okay. I think it's just, you know, a couple kids enjoying their afternoon in the, the river. Yep. Yeah. That would be all that would be here on the property. I mean, there are a lot of natural deaths. I'm not like creepy axe murder haunted out here. <laughs> right. There's no like guy in the window with an axe yeah yeah no jason voorhees yeah no. i know no no um, or haleska or any of that stuff yeah no 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 i'm not i'm not the creepy haunted place <laughs> this is just life in 1800s I right mean, exactly life. life in 1800s the rest of them all die in like their 20s and 30s um one goes out to out east works in a sawmill dies in a sawmill explosion one goes out west part of you know gold rush and all that stuff and ends up dying from impacted bowels i don't know it sounds bad <laughs> a lot of cheese oh my gosh it was cheese and oatmeal tell a bg went out Maybe. was it really yeah impacted bowels yeah. he wasn't blew the stomach wall got septics and died he wasn't staying alive yeah and then um one of the daughters died in childbirth <laughs> that was good that was good and one of the daughters died in One in of the daughters died in childbirth. Okay, so let's get into your haunts then. What is happening in the Cambry house, right? So we have these two beautiful structures. As you, the, First of all, the, the masonry work with the artichokes out front. Yeah. I took a picture of those. That's original? Well, yes and no. This is actually part of the stagecoach route. So the stagecoach used to come up our driveway, literally, <laughs> and go on into town. This was 
the original stagecoach route. In the 20s, they closed that road. And well, as people do, they still drove through. So in 1921, they put the two brick pillars at the end of the drive with the gate to discourage people from continuing to drive on that road. Okay. Which is why in Google Maps, I am Cambry Lane. Okay. It was pretty easy to find. So if you are going to ghost hunt and you're going to reach out to the Cambry House, which will give you all the information in our show notes, but we'll also mention at the end of the episode, uh, there should be two episodes here, which would be really fun. And we're going to get really into, I just want to know, because I love that kind of structure. I love artichokes and seeing the old brick. And I think they're actually pineapples. But Are they pineapples? Because yeah. <laughs> I was wondering about it. Yeah, they're um, pineapples. Because in the South, you see the pineapples. They're yeah. a little bit, they're shaped differently because it's about hospitality. Yeah. Right. Usually right. if the pineapples removed, that means you got to go. It's the whole, that's the whole <laughs> myth behind it. Right, right. Anyway, so Cambrai and Desesois, his wife, Felicity. Hortense Felicity. What a cool name. HFD is her initials. His full name was Adolf. Adolf has an E at the end, which means that he was not an Adolphus. His name was Adolf, which is cool. Mm -hmm. His middle name was Arsene. 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 And then, of course, Cambrai. And my, I go by Cambo, so it was pretty interesting. What? Does that mean that Hitler's real name was Adolphus? Might have been, yeah. Usually when there's an E, the name is Adolf. Huh. I didn't know that one, but I don't know. Anyway. Facts are facts that may not be true. Do these two people haunt the house? I'm not 100% sure on that. Um, So where are they buried? They are buried in the Old Nauvoo Cemetery. In fact, all of the rest of the family is in the Old Nauvoo Cemetery. Except for the one child. Except, well, the two children. So there's three. How many children are buried out here then? As far as I know, one for sure. The twin, Leona, she is buried on the farm that they lived in south of town. Correct. And okay. then Minori Cambry, the son of Adolf, um, committed suicide out in California, and I'm not sure where he is buried. Okay. And so this house is was bought by your grandparents? Yes. My grandparents bought this at an auction in 1979. My grandmother grew up outside of... Well, about 15 minutes away from here. And she came out here when she was a child and picked apples. And, and this was still owned by the Cambries, by the Yep, point. it was still owned by the Cambries when my grandmother came out here. She loved coming out here. She had some really fond memories. And talking to other people of her generation, they all loved coming out here as kids to get apples. And she said that the interesting thing, I mean, we're kind of out here a little ways. Sure. So the signs would go up for the apples. They'd come out here and get the apples. And then the signs would go down and it almost completely disappear. Nobody could remember where it was. Wow. Yeah. So this was kind of like the Eckerds, right, of, of that yeah. time period. You know? Yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly, exactly. Do you have any future plans of putting up any apples or apple orchards? Um, or? Yeah, I'm going to put some more apple trees out here. Do you have any now? I do not. You have the black walnut, I saw. Yeah, I've got black, some black walnuts. Those are great ways to roll your ankle. Exactly. Yeah. They're exactly. delicious in cake, just so you know. They really are. I mean, they're just a bitch to get the damn thing out. That's It's a process. You can pick up as many walnuts as you My grandpa want. used to hold those for my grandma who made black walnut cake. Yeah. I miss you, Chris. So yeah, apple apple trees, I didn't realize, but apple trees usually last around 100 years. So uh, there are no apple trees still on the property, but okay. I'm, I'm planning on planting some hopefully this fall. Okay, so you'll plant That's some awesome. apple trees and maybe mm-hmm. some pumpkin patches. Maybe you'll make this kind of like a... 
maybe. 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 maybe some retirement plans. Yeah, yeah. And so who is who is all involved in this? You said that you and your sister had originally purchased the property. Right. We, we bought it for my grandparents' estate. My sister decided this year that she's it's too much for her. She lives on the other side of Peoria, so it's just, oh, a, wow. it's just too much for her to drive. So, That's a hike. So, yeah, I own it by myself now. Okay, so and you bought her out. I bought her out. And my son's out here helping me with it. He just graduated from high school. Awesome. And hey. <laughs> yeah. I would like to get all of my own. And, and then you have a daughter as well. Yeah. I actually have four kids. So. Oh, okay. Big yeah. family. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you need six more. And then, uh, right. and then you're a I'm getting close. I'm getting close. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, that's good. That's awesome. I would love to see a lot of people that buy the old homes. We, we've, we've really recently been in touch with the uh, Matouche family who owns Craigwalk, which was Edwin Lemp's estate. Oh, yeah amazing people they have a private residence they don't want people on their residence and we understand but what they've done is they've brought it back to when edwin had it and mm-hmm. i love when people buy old stuff and they bring it back to the actual because you already have the bones you already have the paint the cabinetry work right why not have a couple apple trees to really kind of give it back yeah you'd be surprised maybe your activity will pick back up too like, yeah, you know might. you might get more it true might. You know? Yeah, I'm excited about getting some out, more apple trees out here because everybody asks that. I'm like, where are the apple trees at? Well, they don't last that long. <laughs> right. They're yeah, not a forever tree. But you have right. 30 acres. I have 30 acres, yeah. Okay. I've got plenty of room for a few apple trees. So in part two, we're going to go through all your hauntings, all your ghosting things that are okay. going to happen. Now, cool. now I'm going to kind of know the history you know, of, of Adolf, big family here. Seems like it was a it was a good family. It was a sturdy family. Yeah, yeah, and I think one of the things like everybody says when they come out here, it's it's so peaceful. It is. It, it is. really is. There's nothing really menacing. No. Doesn't no. mean you don't have spirits. Doesn't exactly. mean you don't have ghosts. But it's not like a. I don't feel anything. Do- I feel very no. comfortable in this house. Actually. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of love that was in these walls, and maybe because you had a stinky boys outside. That's <laughs> true. You know, I think that there's something really to be said about the molding in the house and how the framing is done and it's a really quaint beautiful house like you can tell that you know he built this for a purpose right he had there's a reason for this house to be here and so right you put that when you're a craftsman like that so i think that if you're going to ghost hunt it i think you're also not only going to enjoy the history aspect of it but you're also going to enjoy the the very work of somebody's actually crafted hands i mean just to know that the paint is still here is just Man, that's, what is that, 170 years? All of my windows are the original hand-blown glass. Yeah, you can even tell the... Yeah, the, you can see it's got kind of that wavy look to it. So. Yeah, because of the liquid melting over time. and it's, it's gorgeous. It's really cool. And we're in the middle of this monsoon, which even makes... Hoping the activity is going up upstairs. We have two ghost hunters right now, so... Should. True. Yeah. We'll see. No guarantees. <laughs> you can't guarantee paranormal. I know. You cannot guarantee paranormal. And so, that's one of the things, you know, when I'm doing Ghost Hunting 101, it's like it may or may not happen for you. I can't guarantee anything. So yeah. It's like fishing. Yeah. Right. Exactly. It's a, it's, a, it's a game of patience. And like me and Chris were saying on the way here, and, and we say this all the time, I and mean, we've had some interesting run-ins online lately with people with God helmets and spirit boxes and just because i don't believe in that stuff or necessarily buy into it especially anything that's you know built with a toy from toys r us like katie's crap but at the end of the day when you know the history behind the stuff my team might believe in it we don't we don't speak for each other on our team right, right? so you're, I believe you're welcome to bring hunting. out your own ghost hunting equipment as well right i mean yes. you, yeah. yeah so yeah. people fine. can bring out their transformers helmets or they can bring out their it was it was iron man because okay. I requested that. Okay, or whatever. <laughs> they can bring that stuff out. They can bring out spirit boxes, ovuluses. They can do the things, the laser, whatever they want to bring out that makes them 
Chris has some really original equipment. I mm-hmm. like working with Ketters. Ketters builds his own stuff. He has this thing he calls the windmill, which is really interesting. He was telling me on the way here. So you're welcoming that into Ghost Hunting 101, which is a two-hour. Mm-hmm. So if you're just getting into it, if you just want to see what it's like, right. this is if a great location for if it. If you've ever, ever wanted, you, you saw it on TV and you want to try it out for yourself, this is this is that. So, yeah. you know, you don't want to really invest in buying the, all the K2 and all that crazy stuff. It can get kind of expensive. Mm-hmm. So if you want to try it out, you know, this is this is what that's for. That's awesome. So you get your little Ghost 101. You, you're going to sign on to the website, which is pretty easy. It's www.cambrayhouse. That's C is in cat, uh, A is in alpha, M is in mother, B is in bravo, R is in Rick, E is in echo, and then house, H-O-U-S-E dot com. So the cambrayhouse.com, you'll find all the information on there. They do have the overnights. The overnights start at 150 The two-hour tour is only $20 for two people. So if you're in the neighborhood, if it's fall, if you're feeling feisty about the spooky season, and you want to go to a nice house that does have activity because it's not being raided like most of the attractions that me and Jeremy go right. to that they get so much, you know. Right. I only I only offer the Ghost 101 um, twice a year. In October and in the solstice, right? Yeah, summer solstice. Cool. Um, you know, just for my availability because I work a full-time job besides this. Absolutely. <laughs> and, and you know, I, you know, they only have so much energy. You know, you don't of want course. to totally, like, wear them out. Yeah, and um, I think that's a big problem in ghost hunting. I mean, yep. you know, people just inundate places, and it's like, you know, if these things are here, like I think we said in our last episode, if, if they are around, stop asking them stupid questions. Right. If you want to know, sick of your dumb questions. Exactly. Like, I would love to know how he did, you know, the craftsmanship in the house, or how apple orchards, and how they had a farm run from what eighteen sixty to. 1970, 1940s. 1940s. Yeah, 19, right? the apple orchard was apple, actively run through the 1940s. And that's insane. And they had it as a farm up until 1970s. Okay. Yeah. Wow. So that's huge. And then I guess the, is the is any Cambrays alive left or yes? Okay. Yes. And we're in touch with some of the descendants in Texas, oddly enough, and they're they're really excited about what we're doing out here. Um, the ghost tours was just kind of a way to help me fund this, of course, craziness that I decided to do. Yeah. I mean, now are you are you registered nonprofit? Or are you just the more of the uh, what is it, the historical landmark? And that stuff's expensive. We know that for a fact. I mean, right. Because you have to bring everything up to code. Yeah. Take pictures and... Right. I'm yeah. not registered. I'm not a nonprofit. Okay. Um, That's fine. But, yeah. Basically, it's I'm... better. It's way better, actually, because it's yeah. so much more paperwork that you don't... There's a lot more paperwork yeah. to do in the nonprofit, and they're picky. It's yeah. just... A lot I mean, more you gotta actually do the paperwork too. Yeah, yeah. isn't that funny? That. Isn't that weird? You have to report every year. <laughs> yeah, um, that, yeah, that happens. It does. So anyway, we're gonna we're gonna sign off here once again. Our guest for the next two episodes is Becca Williamson, and she owns the Cambrai House and Farm. And then in the next episode, we're going to get into her first overnight stay here, the haunting of a little nine-year-old girl who walks around and likes to poke fun and play jokes on people with light switches. So it'll be a lot of fun. And then we'll hear from our very own two ghost centers that have been around the house actively searching and looking for spikes and things. It'll be a fun episode. So all of us here at Graveyard Shift, thank you so much for listening and supporting us. Supporting us. We're now on Podbelly uh, Network of Podcasts. We're also on Missouri Podcast. We're on that big network now, too. And there's like, some great podcasts on that network as well. Check those out, including Rock Paper Podcast. Rock Paper Podcast. Our big Love guy, you, Shane. Shane Presley. Not related to Elvis, but more handsomer. 750 episodes. It's unbelievable. Shane, we love you. 
keep up the good work. Um, we're praying for your mom. Yes. 100%. And so shout out to Rock Paper Podcast. And all of us here at Graveyard Shift, thank you so much. I'm Frankie Cambaletta. And I'm Jeremy David King. And we'll be seeing you.